Welcome, you're tuned into Riel's Events Podcast. We're a business podcast all about elevating boring events to enchanting engagements for your nonprofit organization, corporation, or small business. I'm your host, Riel Jones. Please make sure that you subscribe to Real Events Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Make sure that you leave a comment before this episode ends. I love hearing from you all and chatting with you. This week's episode theme is media relations, and we're continuing our theme of verbal communication and communicating the purpose of your event. This week's guest will be Sharon Banks of Bankable Solutions here in Detroit. I have a lot of show notes for today, so I'm going to try to get through them pretty quickly. I think that this might be a topic that we revisit again because um, really having strong relationships with media is paramount for your business and your growth, especially when you have different engagements. So first, what do you need to know before you start reaching out to media? Well, continuing the themes of our first couple episodes, you need to know the purpose of your event. Why are we hosting this? Is it to launch a product? Is it for more brand awareness? Is it to raise money for a specific purpose within our organization, not just to stockpile money? But what's our deeper purpose? You need to know the type of event. Hopefully, after last week's episode and you downloading the worksheet, you know exactly what event type and structure fits for you. And then you also need to know your team. That include hiring consultants, event managers and planners, PR teams, etc., that can help you perf- fulfill the that goals. can help you perf- fulfill the goals and um, execute the event at the highest caliber possible. And then finally, you need to know the special points about your event. Why would people want to come to this over anything else? What's a draw outside of the fact that you and your team spend a lot of time putting this together? So once you know those four things, the purpose, the type of event, who your team is, as well as the special program points, you are ready to start thinking about engaging the media. And now I like to put everything into three phases, like most event managers and planners. You have your pre-event, you have during your event, and you have post-event. And I'm going to go over all three categories. Before I do, why would we care to spend time to bring the media in. Perhaps you are not in a field that deals a lot with um, public relations or whatnot, and you might have heard that dealing with reporters and um, publishers can be very difficult and um, also perhaps intimidating. Well, there's a lot of really great points and reasons why you would like to reach out to your different media. First, you want to get the most out of your event. You want to grow your customer base. By partnering up with a large publication or even a local newspaper, you can really grow your customers or your clients or your donors. You want to build new markets. So perhaps you are thriving in one area, but you know your business or organization has more potential in another area. Partnering with a magazine or a newspaper can help with that. You can also create new sales opportunities and stronger sales leads versus you just have stronger ones because they're kind of more vetted and they trust the magazine or newspaper that they have been reading and they subscribe to. So if they're partnering with you, it gives you even more legitimacy. You also can reduce a lot of costs, which we'll go into, and then you can secure 
a business environment at your event rather than having it feel perhaps a little um, elementary or that it's too familiar or familial. Um, also, it, product, it produces a better product for you in the event overall. Uh, it, because it demands more cutting edge innovation and um, interviews that really go deeper into the topics versus having a very generic or um, bland message. So I've gone to a lot of different events where perhaps they have company representatives who talk about social media and how to use social media to build your business presence, but nine times out of 10, they all say the same very basic key things of using hashtags, tweeting often, using programs like um, Hootsuite or whatnot. And it's really not helpful because a lot of those things I could easily Google quickly and look at short blog posts that have five points um, that are pretty simple for you to start using social media. But when you bring in a magazine or a newspaper, their perspective and whatnot, it's really pushing you to dig deeper into that topic and to elevate the conversation that's, had, that's being had. Also, it opens the door for a dialogue or a forum for a specific audience. So perhaps we you are in the STEM field, but you want to partner with an girls or women's empowerment magazine. So now you're really bridging the gap of bringing in women of a certain age group or a certain demographic and letting them within their space really uh, interact with this dialogue of, you know, what's the next step in STEM or whatever the topic is. And then, of course, it just you have more interactive resources that will increase the legitimacy, the feel of they really know what they're talking about. There's more information to be had here. So I would want to continue up later on with this business or this organization, a feeling that you did not get everything right then. So that's really important. So when you partner with um, newspapers, magazines, website bloggers, um, it's, it can really help elevate your event as well as um, create new sales opportunities and donations if, if your organization. So let's fast forward a little bit to what does it take to work with um, media. So when we go into our pre-event stage, first you need to plan, right? And a part of planning I like to break it down um, into, I think I have it into three sections, the actual identification. So you want to first identify your audience. Really, really take a lot of time at this point. Do not try to fast forward into trying to get speakers and this and that and that before you have a very clear breakdown of who's your target audience, who's gonna be at this event. You can either use your current recipients of your program or you know services or you can use your current donors your current sponsors partners whomever or you can go and try to build a new one a new target audience but you need to be very specific in who that group is so their age their educational background are they married where do they live their purchasing power how much they tend to spend what's their income things of this nature 
And perhaps if they have children, if they've been divorced, things like that might play a key role in your strategy or your event. And so if that, those things are important, um, if their sexual orientation is important, perhaps this is an LGBTQ event and you're focusing on a specific um, community within that sphere, then you might want to also identify this. Um, perhaps you're going to reach out to magazines like Out and you want to let them know that your event really is specific to their target audience. And so that brings me to the next point. As After you know your audience for your event, you want to identify the media outlets. And when you start looking at media outlets, okay, it's natural for us to look at the ones that we frequent and read a lot, but you also want to look at the ones that align with your message. So if this is a business event, something like Forbes would make sense, right? You want to see if it aligns with your audience. So if I'm doing an event for new fathers, Metro Parent might be a really great magazine for me to partner with because I know that their audiences are parents and parents who want to be informed of the best ways to raise uh, their children or new techniques for um, child raising. Then you want to look at the audience of yeah, you want to look at the audience of the newspapers and then their outreach, um, the magazine's outreach. So most magazines um, will have their media kits online, and so it really does break down for you their audience, who, who they target, and who really buys into their messages. This can be very helpful later on when you have other sponsorship packets and you're trying to leverage your partnerships for this event. And it also helps make sure that you are targeting the right media outlets to cover your events. If you are looking at having an event for uh, ultra-conservative religious population and um, perhaps, yeah, perhaps they are not... Um, very open to talking about different sexual things, you might not want to have cosmopolitan as your your main um, media partner. You really want to think about their message, their audience, and their outreach. Once you have identified the media outlets, you want to go ahead and identify editors and writers. This takes time. You want to look at their papers, um, both the physical ones and the ones online, um, online articles as well as blog posts to see what people are writing about, what they're interested in, and so you're pitching to the right person. You don't want to pitch a business article to someone who covers politics or someone who covers um, the local animal shelters and animal communities and stuff like that. You really want to make sure that you're asking the right person so that you're not wasting their time and that you have a higher probability of them covering your event. You want to see also what they're passionate about, because if they're passionate about this topic, then they'll write about your event very well, and it also will bring up relevant points versus just kind of regurgitating things that you said or writing a piece that might not fully encompass what you wanted the message to be. Next, you want to identify your special event points, so like your keynote speakers, your special guests. If you're breaking um, news announcements, this can be 
you, you have a new product launching, you have new leadership, you have a new project, any of those things, you really want to identify your special event points, which is something that we touched upon in the beginning of this episode. And once you've identified that, you want to identify the draw. So what is going to bring people to your event? And you want to be very clear about this so that you can articulate that to the media. Once you have the draw, it is easier for them to write about it. And also, this is your call to action. So um, if you're having a giveaway, the first 20 people who register gets this, that's a draw. And it gets people to click on your website or, or follow the guides that you put out there. Keep in mind that a lot of people hate covering events because they aren't really um, organized for the media. So you want to be very cautious and aware of that. And so while you're thinking about all of this, you really want to think about how do I make this as appealing as possible to our media outlets, as well as make sure their experience is really well. Um, we'll go into that in just a moment. The next part of the pre-event planning portion is writing up the event. So now that you've identified all of these major key points, you want to go ahead and start writing it out. You want to make a media kit and then a one-pager. And now your one-pager is an overview of the event. It has your call to action, directing them to ways that they can access more information, as well as the important points of the event. So of course you want to summarize your audience profile. This includes, like we said, who they are, their income, their purchasing power, their purchasing habits, the reason why they support your cause perhaps, their income level, major identifiers, whatever you feel is relevant to your event, but also overlaps with their audience. And you should know this from your um, identification point. Then you want to summarize your event structures and your agenda. Make it very clear do, and very like bullet points are great so that their eyes can see, okay, from 5.30 to, to 6 o'clock, we're going to do this. And then we're going to transition there. And then the media and be very clear of what you expect the media to be and to be doing and how they're going to have added benefits at each point. This is geared towards them. So it needs to be clear on their role and how each part is going to add a, an extra benefit to them. It's not just about the guests because when you're writing things for different audiences, you need to be very mindful of the audience and they're thinking about themselves, right? What is expected of me? So you want to summarize your event structure, the location, the time, where, where they'll be. And, you know, at this point, you have one-on-one -on -one meetings or we'll have a full press room or we'll have a red carpet where you interview people. We'll have a dinner and we'll have X, Y, and Z. And then you want to summarize the purpose of your event. You want to include your mission. You want to include quotes from your leaders, your, your clients. You want to include last year's feedback and statistics. Of course, you want to include the reach of your event. So this is how many newspapers you were in, how many times you've been featured, this how many guests came, this how much money we raised, etc. You want to be very clear about that. Also, you want to make sure that you have your logo on there, your tagline, 
the colors that match your um, organization or your event and your call to action. Tell the press what they can do and how. Pictures are everything with these, so you want to have very clear and um, smiling photos, you want to have headshots, you want to have um, things about the special attendees or guests, but you do not want to have stock um, photos that we've all seen and that are generic because it doesn't say who you are. We want to know who you are, so it needs to be from your event or from things that you've done in the past. Um, and so when you start to go to the next phase of the pre-event, that's the planning of the actual like event walkthrough through the eyes of the media. And now you need to start thinking about the needs that they might have. Are they bringing in a film crew? Will they have a van? Do you need to um, zone off special areas for their trucks? have options for them to run their cables or have a media feed that they can plug into. This is why it's really good to assign someone to media early in the process so that they're not only building the relationship, but they're making sure that all the needs are met. So when the media comes, it's very clear and easy for them. You have parking passes or you have spots laid out for them. You have signage, you have someone directing them, um, and you have all the information very handy. At your, as you're planning this out, you're going to really walk through everything. You need to have the event diagrams and you need to map out their actions. Where will they be from beginning to end? Okay, here's our red carpet. Map out this is where they're going to stand. This is where the guests will be, you know, or if you're going to have a separate room for them to interview major guests. So, for instance, this year I worked with the Detroit Chinese Business Association on their New Year's gala, and we had Governor Snyder from Michigan, we had a separate room for the media to interview Governor Snyder. And so you really want to have laid out, this is the chairs, this is how it's going to be set up um, for them so that everybody on your team knows as well as the day of people can, they're not asking each other, well, where, where do we send them? Oh, where do they go? Oh, have you heard this or that? It's very clean and clear and it, you give the best presentation and experience. You also need to make sure that you have a separate table for the press to register. It will have their badges. It will have their press kits. Thinking of press kits, you want to think about how is the best way to deliver that information. USB drives or flash drives is really helpful. They're light. You can um, pack as many files on there as many um, from as many things as you want, you can have uh, one sheeter that has a link and that special URL can send them to more information with the speaker's bios that they've witnessed, um, photos, headshots, all those kind of things. You can have the old-fashioned paper packet. Well, part of me likes this because I love um, pen and paper, I love ink and paper, stuff like that. Nobody, especially the media, really wants to carry around paper with them. So you want to think about how many places are you asking them to walk to? Are they starting at a red carpet, then going to a separate room, and then they're going to a dinner? And are they carrying this all around? Is the news reporter going to have this in their hand while they're interviewing people? Is there somewhere that they're going to be able to sit this down? You really want to make sure convenience is number one. You have QR codes at different stopping points, so that they, uh, which could be very unique. Um, 
And you really need to think about where do they pick up the media kits? Will it be at the registration table? Will it be at the chairs? Or will it be different ones at different parts of the event based off the media that you have there. So you're, as you're playing this out and you're thinking about your event diagrams, you're also thinking about how are you distributing this information to them and what are they going to carry around so that your event diagram fully outlines the necessary um, equipment that you need and space that you need, things like that. Have a list of special guests with photos um, that the media that you want the media to capture and highlight within their article. Do not assume that they're going to know the major person or the person within your industry because perhaps they see one person that they heavily identify with, but that to you is not the influencer. You need to make sure that they're targeting the right person, and this is something that you articulate before the event, but you also have the information there for them at the event because you know that they're very busy. This is not the only story that they have. There are a lot of things that they really are covering. And then you want to make sure that you have the appropriate takeaway things. You don't want to have ultra huge gifts because it could be seen as bribery or it could be against their, pet, um, their company policies. But you might want to have a thank you note or a thank you gift or um, the same kind of thing that you're giving to the guests. Make sure that you have it again at the end of the event once they've wrapped up because you don't want them carrying around this package or weighing them down. You And you want to have a final touch before they leave and a final um, just conversation with them about did you enjoy the night? You know, as they get their bag back, thank you for covering this event. Do we have make make sure that you have the right information to follow up with them? Um, and when they, so that you can make sure that you've given them all the appropriate information. But as you're planning this out, you really want to think about all the things you need, where they will be, Will they have um, special requirements and how can you make sure that they, they are met? Now, if you're arranging for a VIP meet and greet whereby you have one-on-one -on -one meetings are held, these meetings will become sound bites. And these will have a ability to continue to create buzz for your event in the future for months and years to come. So you really want to make sure that the room is perfectly set up for that and it's set up to capture great sound bites. You don't want a lot, a lot of chaos and confusion. While we might like a lot of the behind the scene fashion shows uh, moments from the press where they're talking to the models, a lot of other events that doesn't really work well because so much chaos and so much commotion and it really does interrupt the sound bites. You want it to be very clear. So if I'm having, um, a Google hackathon or something like that, I wanted to I want the sound to be as clear as possible or like a TEDx type of thing. I want it to be very clear so that when other people are listening to it, they're not thrown off by the the background noise. Um, as you're looking at this, you also want to think about senior level managers and executives who might be a part of this. It's not always just special guests or um, entertainment that gets interviewed um, or political figures, a lot of times it's also your senior level managers. So you want to make sure that they're properly briefed before the event 
and that they have their special one-pagers and overviews with their call to actions and the message for the purpose of the event and this initiative so that they're not talking off script or they're not going back to like their personal functions within the company that they're focusing on what you need them to deliver the message. So one technique that I like is creating couple briefs. First, you have your brief, pre-brief one, and this is high level customer point overview. So like if you have big customers or partners that you're having um, be interviewed by the media, you're providing them this overview of this is what we want you to talk about. You know, these are ways that you can express this. For instance, having um, previous experience with us, we would love for you to talk about us doing X, Y, and Z. Um, the pre-brief two, which is executive, executive level briefing in advance of news, where you're giving it to the um, senior levels and executives, and they, again, see what you would like for them to talk about. And once you have these different things, you have another outline of when the media starts to release special press releases before your event, for instance, about special guests, speakers, about topics you're going to cover, about partnerships that you have, you want to start updating the language within your website to reflect these new announcements. And you want to have on-site support materials. So that's really important to plan these things out during your um, pre-planning period before your event so that you're really optimizing all of this coverage that you're getting and you're really drawing in more attention audience and buy-in and you're not wasting or leaving money on the table basically you also want to plan if you are doing one-on-one um, -on -one interviews and specifically for security reason that you have to bring in one reporter at a time for instance you're you have beyonce there and you're not going to have 20 different reporters in the audience asking her questions. You want to have a separate room for the media. And in this room, you want to have beverages, you want to have snacks, you want to have it really be um, equipped with all the things that they need. You don't want to skimp. You want to create the best experience for them. And you want to have someone within the room letting them know the process what will happen once they enter the room, really briefing them well and letting them know their place in the line. So we're going to bring in you next, you know, reporter from ABZ. And then the next we're going to have this reporter, you know, sports reporter, whatnot. You really want to have someone giving full updates and making sure that every all the media outlets are well taken care of and having a good time, basically. And then you want to have someone that is taking each reporter to the room to be interviewed. And so again, they're doing one last prep and let them know what's going to happen. And they're going to pose the special guests, the executives of your organization for the pictures and then escort them back out. And if you're going, if you are going to have them be treated as guests at your event, then you need to make sure that you're in your budget planning for them to have this amount of drinks or d'oeuvres and you know dinners that your other guests will have you can't just say okay we're going to have 200 donor guests and let's prepare 200 meals then you need to have you might have to have 220 for the 20 media um, representatives that are there and having this you really be, need to be clear on the invitation what 
they will receive? Are, is there going to be food and drinks? Are they going to be considered as a dinner guest? Do you expect them to be there the entire time? This is why you really want to plan out their entire experiences in the beginning of the, of the planning. It's imperative. Just so that, again, you you're really are thinking about things. So if you are treating them as a dinner guest, too, so that they're witnessing your ceremonies or whatnot, are they all going to be sitting at the same table together? And if so, you want to make sure that you have a company or a nonprofit representative that's directing the conversation, that's giving them more information about who you are, and just making sure that you're optimizing every point of contact with the media and that they're not just there aimlessly looking around and trying to figure out what's the news, what am I covering? You want to be as specific and mindful as possible with them um, because you ultimately want it to be a great experience for them, but you also want to make sure your event is covered well and that your business and nonprofit is really represented in the best light. And the best way to do that is to have someone there with them. Okay? So now we're going to the next stage of during the event. During the event, you need to make sure you have, again, registration table with people who are informed on the registration process. They have the badges ready. They know the schedule for the media. This is what we expect you to do. They know where they're going to go next. They know where the bathrooms are and they can answer the basic questions. And if they can't answer the questions, they themselves know how to go and get someone else to help, not direct the reporters by pointing them to someone, hey, go ask them. That is a ultimate no-no for anybody going up to any registration desk. You wanna make sure your media and press kits are available. You wanna make sure you have your one sheeters with the um, link to photos of special guests with their appropriate names and their titles because again you want to make everything as simple as possible and you want to make sure that when they write up the event they're using the appropriate names and titles for each of your honorees and your guests it's not on them to have to do extra research of looking on linkedin and trying to look up other articles to figure out if this is a diplomat and we should call him his excellency or her excellency or his excellency, excellency, etc. You want to make sure that's very clear and you want to make sure you have the information for them. You also want to have table assignments if this is a seated dinner and you and you have special figures at different tables, let them know this is they're gonna be at table six. Take a picture of this. You want to be mindful of how much they will have to carry, as we said before. You want to have escorts to the press room, if you have a press room, so they know exactly where they're going and they're in the right spirit. So you don't want confusion. You don't want people running around or feeling like they're, they're missing something. Also, when you're asking them to come to the event, make sure that you're timing it appropriately so that they, yes, are there and they have enough time to prep before the special guests, but they're not wasting a lot of time. You don't want the energy to die down. You don't want them to feel like you're wasting their time, which you would be if they come too early. They're not the DJ, okay? They're there to cover the news and you want them to be there. And also you have to be mindful that there can be breaking news at any point that's gonna pull them away from your um, event. And so you wanna have all the information 
outlined for them. So at, if they have to leave early and they just got to take a few pictures or they only got to do a partial interview, they still have enough information to really create a thoughtful piece. You want to make sure that you thank the press throughout the night and that everybody who's interacting with them is very friendly and um, amenable. Like you really want to nurture this relationship because this is how your event is going to live on forever and future partnerships you'll have with the media all can be improved and strengthened through this in-person contact. If you're giving gifts, like we said, make sure you have it at the end. And this is when you're, you know, getting their back um, badges back and everything. And have someone afterwards follow up with them to see what they thought about the event, when they think the article will be released, if you have the right contact information, or if you need to give them anything else. Again, if you've identified someone in the beginning of the process and they've been working with the media throughout the six, 12 or three month period, then this is perfect. And if you have a media no-show, make sure that you pull those seats and their um, name tags. If you have like a media room or you have a dinner, you do not want to have empty seats and you don't want to have empty seats that identify the media outlets are not there. Okay, so make sure you're pulling those things. And we've already talked about having a table guest from your event there, and that's really important. You also want to make sure that you're thinking about what is the message that they're getting, they're receiving throughout the event. You know, um, what will interest them in you? Are those things being touched upon? Are they seeing those things? Um, things like that. And now you move into the last part, and that's post-event. After you've done this amazing event, you've interacted with them, they're really excited about all the things you're doing, there's an after. It doesn't end there. You want to follow up with all press, first with a phone call, thanking them for everything. You want to send them a thank you note. Brevity and directness is key. They are very busy. I'm someone who I love thank you notes and I'm, I can be very sentimental when it comes to that because for me, I feel like this is a moment for me to like lay it out all on a table. This is how I feel about you. So like executive assistants, what I find like great ones like, um, okay, shout out to United Ways. Milton Little has the best executive assistant and she's just just really on it and really friendly and stuff like that and like over the years I know that you can trust her to handle it and get back to you and if she tells you it's going to be 30 minutes you should call back call back in 30 minutes like it's it's awesome and so like writing a thank you note to her was very like sentimental and deep but like for the most part you want it to be brief and short because if people have a lot of um things to do, but you do want to touch and let them know how grateful you are in that handwritten note. You also want to request copies, you know, afterwards of the paper and the magazine that you have. You want to confirm the article release dates again and the outlets that it will be in. So will it be um, in different local newspapers? Because sometimes you'll have a parent company that owns a lot of different neighborhood papers and different communities. So which ones will it show up on? Will it be online? Will it be on their Facebook blogs or other things? Will they tweet it out? You really want to identify all these things because you'll also want to use these 
outlets to publicize that the allies you would like to publicize that the articles are shown on these different outlet outlets using your social media. And you want to place them on your website and embed them. It's a really great way to make sure that you get more traffic to your website later on, especially if you're a small nonprofit or a small business that perhaps cannot afford to pay a lot of money in online ads and you know clickbaits and whatnot. You want to capture the news outlet's numbers, and this is something that you have identified in the beginning in a pre-planning stage so that you can plug it into your system and your event sponsorship for next year. So you're letting them know we, we had Essence as an event sponsor. They have X number of readers. This is their demographics. This is, you know, how many people came. This is how many times they read posted it, these are outlets, things like that. So next year, the buy-in can be even greater from different sponsors and corporate sponsors because now they see you have all these different ways to um, highlight their support of your cause or your, your initiative. Again, you want to embed their video footage of your events within your company website and your social media outlets like Facebook and Google+. This can help you um, of course, increase sales and um, lead generation throughout the year and interest in the different programs you have. This can even be like a summer camp for young boys to learn, you know, how to ride horses or something like that. You really just want to do this because it brings people back to thinking about what you're doing throughout the year. And so the key to an event with a magazine is the content. It's not a sales pitch. Sales pitches are for ad placements. This is about being on trend and it's a part of their vision. You want to really make sure that throughout the process, you're identifying the benefits of the partnership with the magazine. Um, and it's a great way because these magazines create automatically a sponsor um, who is objective, who's able to scale up very quickly and they're pretty turnkey, they're old hats at this. So you're not trying to teach them this is how it goes through events, event sponsorships, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times they can help you in improving your structure techniques. You just have to be very open and keep that relationship going. They can provide program structures and great features that are innovative and great content that's compelling. They can provide current research that perhaps can strengthen even your organization's numbers. They are really great to partner with for um, summits. They're great for seminars, trade shows, conferences, even webinars. And you know, the best thing is to do is try to get them to go co-brand the event with you. And if they co-brand it, automatically you'll see an increase in sales, increase in research, an increase in um, authentic lead generation, and ultimately more money for you. Um, and so you really want to make sure that you're leveraging all of these and you're thinking about it really great and you're thinking about the way that you're treating the media throughout the process and that you're finding the right partnerships. I hope that this really has helped you um, in thinking about interacting with the media for your future events. I know that for me it's, it's, it's always a great feeling to interact with them and and create those great relationships, but also to see afterwards what how they represent your company to the greater audience that perhaps you could not tap into alone.
I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please, please contact me um, using our handle, real underscore events, that's R-I-E-L-L-E underscore E-V-E-N-T-S, to let me know what you're thinking. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to Riel's Events Podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Make sure that you like it as well and leave a comment. When you leave a comment and like and subscribe, you're adding more visibility to our podcast so that more people can enjoy our programming and that they can elevate their events as well. My name is Riel Jones. I thank you. I want to give special thanks to everybody who made this episode possible. So research and writing done by Riel Jones, Riel's Events, LLC in Atlanta, Georgia and Southeast Michigan. I want to thank the sound producer and uh, sound engineer Mizzle at Dream State Studios in Atlanta, Georgia and our sound artist Mizzle and Swaz at Dream State Studios LLC in Atlanta, Georgia. Please, please, please connect with me, leave me comments, talk to me, I love it. And stay tuned for our interview this week with Sharon Banks from Bankful Solutions. She has a lot to share. Have a great one. Sai Chien.